All right, if you got your Bible today, uh, let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans, the 10th chapter, and let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness toward us. We believe that you're moving in our lives today. You're speaking to our hearts. We do look to you now for utterance in the Holy Spirit, for boldness to speak your word. Lord, help us all, I I pray, to be equipped and thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Help us to make those adjustments in our lives that make us more useful in your hand. Lord, we purpose in our hearts to be humble, to resist the, the, the proud look, those things that would keep us from changing, those things that would keep us from conforming unto your perfect will. Thank you for your help. We believe that you're at work now, as the Word says, in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Thank you for your anointing now on every life. You help us, and we trust you, because you've made a difference in us, as you continue to do, and we will make a difference in someone else. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. We're in a series. Everybody know that yet? Got that figured out? If not, you haven't been here for a long time. <laughs> but if not, we welcome you, and, uh, and glory to God. This is the eighth part in our series called One by One. Ready for some more One by One? Uh, I, I trust that this is having an impact on the way that you think, all right? Again, it's not just, my goal is not just to get out, a few, get out of my few best jokes and and uh, show you that I know the scripture concerning this subject. If this doesn't end up in our thinking being different, which causes us to live different and approach people in this world differently, then then we're just, uh, you know, we're just wasting time, all right? And so I would encourage you, look to the Lord to have Him change you. I, I, I tell you what, I'm not telling you to do anything different than I'm uh, willing to do myself. I have on numerous times been been the teacher, been the, the, the minister for the day, and the Lord deals with me in the middle of my message. And, and sometimes it's like, I'm not here to talk to, this is me talking to the people, Lord. and Because uh, how many understand it's a lot easier to teach someone else than it is to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier for me to tell you how to live than it is for me to live. <laughs> Everybody with me now? Uh, but we're all in the same boat, okay? And just as uh, pastors and teachers and pro- apostles and prophets and evangelists are anointed uh, for specific ministry purposes, they're not anointed any more than the average Joe to live. And so we're all in the same boat endeavoring to hear from God. And uh, like I prayed, so our lives would be conformed unto His perfect will and plan. And, and I trust you're seeking God's best for your life, not settling for anything less. All right? I tell you what, God has provided so much. He's given us so many good things to enjoy in life that we ought not be satisfied with living on a mediocre level. We're just kind of barely getting by and scraping by. God is too good. He is too great. And His provision is so grand and so enormously beyond what it takes to survive that we ought not be survivors. You know how some people will say that sometimes with, with pride? I'm a survivor. I don't want to be a survivor. I want to be a thriver. 
All right? I don't want to be satisfied with just making it. I want to live in the abundant life that the Lord provided. Amen. Have a high goal. Have a lofty outlook on life. Expect things to get better than they've ever been before. Amen. In the midst of a world that's dark and trials abound and people are sad and sorrowful all around, we're looking to the Lord for help. We're looking to the Lord for strength, for supernatural ability to flow through our lives so we can come up higher to a better place. Anyway, Romans chapter 15. Uh, let's go ahead and read this. Uh, excuse me, verse 10. Ver- <laughs> chapter 10 and verse 15. It says, I was reading Amy's lips there totally. <laughs> she was reading the wrong verse. Romans 10 and verse 15. It says, how, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. What kind of, what kind of message are they bringing? The Bible says glad tidings of good things. That's what the gospel is about. It's about good things. There's, there's so much bad news in the world today. And uh, in fact, if you want to make headlines, you personally make headlines, do something really, really bad. How many know you can get in the headlines and sometimes some crazy people will do that? They'll do something just because they want to be, they want to be known. Fine, you'll be known behind bars. But, uh, but, but again, bad news makes the headlines. And, and, and sometimes I'm, you know, I'll go to a local news site on the web and see what the headlines are. And it's this one busted for drugs and this one murdered this person. And, this, and then hopefully you know, there'll be something in there like a sports story or something. That's, you know, uh, but, but so much of it is just dominated by negativity and, and all the bad things that happen. And I believe that the, the soul grows weary of constant negativism. That uh, those with good news become very rare. This is our opportunity to shine. This is our chance to make a difference in a dark world where we come out with a smile on our face and people are all like, boo, it's Monday. Or, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard. I got these difficulties and, and here we are with a big smile on our face. You know, you can even do that. Uh, I know sometimes we'll be misunderstood, but you may have friends and family and they're telling you what's wrong and, you, and it's not like what they're telling you is not it's not true that, that, that people are going through some bad stuff, but when they get done crying and they look up at you and you're smiling, it gives an opportunity to share why. Amen. And I, some might think, well, you're just cold. You're just hard. You just don't understand. No, actually we do. We do understand, not minimizing your hardship or what you're going through, but I have faith in God. I believe that no matter how bad it gets, that He can put you over. And if you'll trust Him, all the stuff that's going wrong can be turned around and made right. How many understand? We believe that in principle. It's time to notify our face. Praise the Lord. And notify our demeanor and our body language and our, our, our just carrying ourselves with a note of victory through life. Praise God. And we don't need to act or live defeated like those in this world are. And uh, this is where we come in, though, in the midst of a negative world. Here we come with good news. Here, come, here we come with glad tidings. Here we come with a, with a smile on our face. And, uh, and it doesn't mean that we don't ever have trials and tests and things that go, go wrong in our life. But we just simply refuse to give in. Not going to let it dominate me. Not going to let, let it just 
control my thought life and my emotional life. I believe that God has prospered me. He has made me alive and He has given me victory. And so I'm going to believe that more than I believe the things I see and feel. How many know you're going to stand out like a healed thumb? <laughs> Amen. When, when, uh, uh, when you live that way in this dark world. Praise God. And so, if you want to look good, the Bible says here that it's the person that brings a good message that looks good. It is, it is those that, that look beautiful. Again, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, the glad tidings of good things. When you walk in with a good message, man, that sets, sets you up to look really, really good. And in the world, uh, there's power in bad news. But in the kingdom of God, watch this, all the power resides in good news. The power of God doesn't rest in an evil report. The power of God resides in a good report. Uh, Some of you know where I'm going, but we'll we'll get there in a little bit. We've been trained, I think, in our society to think mediocrity is good. We get satisfied with things being okay. I laugh sometimes when, uh, when, when people will say to you, you know, when you greet someone and they'll come say, uh, hey, uh, you doing okay? You doing okay? And that's a positive in their mind. Often it, when someone says that to me, I'm thinking, well, no, doing good. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, are you doing okay? What, what is, the, is that the ceiling? <laughs> is that the high point in life? Okay. I am doing Okay. I don't really want that to be the top point in my life, the highlight of my day. I come from, you know, the very basement of life, the gutter, and come up to, okay, I am now doing all right. Again, my goal isn't to do all right, just to be okay. I I, I think our sights ought to be higher because that's what the Lord has called us. Even today, you'll find there's a whole lot of negative talk about some people who are wealthy. You know, with all the the government stuff, we got to tax the wealthy some more. They got to pay for health care or whatever the latest thing is on the agenda. And uh, and sometimes people with a lot of money are 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 considered are are looked down upon. Well, when someone's thriving, it kind of irritates those who are. You know, not. It's like, well, why does that person get it? Well, stop fussing and be thankful and change your position. Get on the same path that they're on. Maybe you'll see some grace and some bounty in your life as well. Instead, people have such a small vision for their own life. When they see someone who exceeds it, they see someone who's gone beyond, they're negative towards it. They're like, what did they do? They must be a crook. Well, listen, there are some crooks out there, but not, don't call everyone who's blessed and doing well uh, evil. Don't call them a crook. You're cutting the supply of your life. That supply from your life right off. We need to change our attitudes. Amen. Jesus didn't die so you could be given an okay life. All right. The gospel message is designed to take a person from the guttermost to the uttermost. It's not that he took us from nothing and just made us all right made us okay but uh, uh life's not to be you know sometimes people will say so how you doing and people will say well not too bad and that's the best their answer ever gets not too bad really just not too bad and i'm not telling john telling you to be dishonest if you're having a whatever and you want to tell someone that, that's fine but it, it, we, i think our our vocabulary has been trained to think okay is good. To think 
All right. It's great. That's the highest you get. How you doing? Not too bad. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> that that's the best you can do. That that's the highest you can get. I want to get to a place and I want to live my life. Or how you doing? Great. Great. Amen. Better than I can stand. Better than you. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I know that Jesus came to give me a lot. Let's look at Matthew. Well, yeah, go ahead and look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. If I am not up on life, if you're wondering where I'm going with this and how this relates to one by one, if I'm not up on life, if, things, if I'm not living in the, the high life, I communicate that to others. See, one of the biggest reasons why the Lord wants you to have an incredible, blessed, awesome life is because you represent Him. Are you listening? If my life is in the dumps, and I'm just scraping by from day to day, and I can't get victory over anything, and then I come out and say, Jesus loves you. Why don't you receive the Lord and you can be just like me? How many know a lot of people are going, no thanks, I'm already like you. Uh, How has Jesus changed your life? And so this is one of the reasons, I believe the original reason is just because the Lord loves us, He wants you to be blessed and wants you to do well, wants to put a smile on your face. Amen? But there, there is always this secondary reason. You represent Him. Praise the Lord. We talked a few weeks ago how about, about how we are ambassadors. And uh, when a person is an ambassador, how many know they get all their resources, their livelihood from the country they represent? You can go different places in our world today and find the United States Embassy. You'll go and see where the ambassador is uh, from our country to their country. And you'll find sometimes they can be in the midst of tremendous poverty all around them. And then you'll see the fence of where the U.S. Embassy is. And it goes from disaster to beautiful. It looks like you're here in a nice place. <laughs> we realize there are some bad places here too. You know what I'm saying? Why? That represents our country. When people of that nation see that place, they think of the United States. Here's the deal. And this can be, you know, kind of frightening, I guess, at times. But when people in the world see you, there's Jesus. There's the kingdom of heaven. There's God in the earth. And that's why it's not a selfish thing. It's not just a me, me, me thing. To want to excel and succeed and have victory and have a happy life. I'm representing the king. Amen. Because how many understand people aren't just listening to the words that come out of your mouth. But they're watching the life that you live. And this is what's vital. I think there's, there's two sides to every time we want to represent the Lord and share the gospel with others. It's who we are and what they see and then it's what we say. Typically, both of those are necessary because people are reading you, they are judging you, they're sizing you up for all that you're you're doing and comparing your words that you speak with the life that you live. And when we've got both in line, how many know we make a powerful force for God? We've got words of power and words of life that are backed up by a real genuine life. 
Amen. In Matthew 5 and verse 13, I don't want to take time to go into all this, but uh, you, you know the scriptures. 5, let's see, 513, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. What are you? Now notice he didn't say, you, uh, let's see, how can I say this? You should be salty. Or how would you put that into a verb, Amy? (laughs) You should sprinkle yourself, saltify. Season? Uh, Notice he didn't say, you should season the earth. (laughs) Here's the point I'm trying to make. He said, you are this. When someone has a relationship, they walk with God. Jesus said, you are salt. We know salt preserves, salt gives flavor. But it's it's something that's necessary for the world to be worth anything. You. You and I leave toast. All right? But we are salt. In other words, don't try to be salty. Don't make it your goal. I'm going to go out there and be salty. I'm going to go out there, you know, and do some preservation work. I'm going to go out there and make this, you know, make the gospel taste better. No, just be salt, because Jesus said you are. And if you go on and read and and, and look down the, uh, without going through all of this, verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Now, I'm not going to go out and try to be light. I'm not going to go out and, and, and try, to get my, try to get my bulb turned up. No, it's who I am. That's why I'm talking to you about this aspect of not settling for mediocrity, not thinking that okay is good. No, it does your message so much more good if you live it. If the life of God shines through you because you're already salt and light. And we don't want to hide it under a bushel. No. (laughs) Right? We don't want that to be uh, covered in any way. But the focus is not just what you do. It's what you be. It's who you are. It's what God has created us to be. If the church will simply be the church. I tell you what, we are a powerful force. We have the very life and character and nature of God, His divine ability and everything that He is deposited inside of us. If we would just act like who we are, just be salt, be light. This is what changes everything. You know, the Scripture over in in uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, remember, Jesus said, you'll be endued with power from on high. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. And he goes on and lists the cities and, and, and the places that are going to be a witness. Oftentimes, we have this more of an idea is I'm going to go witnessing. You know what I'm talking about? I, we're going to get a team, and we're going to go witnessing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It can be a, can be a fruitful endeavor. But notice what this language says there. He said, I want you to be. You'll be anointed by my spirit so that you can be a witness. All right. So what, what, what am I talking about? The focus, again, is not just on what I do. It's on what I be. 
Because if I go out a doing, I go out a witnessing, but I'm not a witness, my message has lost its punch. What are you? You are the light of God, the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a witness to everything that God has said and done in your life. It's who you are. And this is the focus. That's why we've got to come up higher and higher. Look at John 10. John chapter 10. John 10 and verse 10. This is one of those great verses here. Jesus said, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. What's the plan of God for your life? I tell you what, it's an abundant life. The Lord didn't come so you could barely make it. The Lord didn't come so you could just squeak on through and make it into heaven by the skin of your teeth and, and just uh, hold on till the end and, and hopefully I'll be able to survive. The Lord has never had that intention for His church. That they would just, uh, you know, be a small, puny little force. No, He calls us a glorious church. We're supposed to be shining in the earth. He wants to make your life, like I said before, so good you can hardly stand it. That you're coming out of your skin saying, man, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for the great glory of God's grace in me and all that He's provided and all that He's changed in me and made me to be. When we live out of that place, I'll tell you what, you're the best witness around. I'm telling you, witness comes, comes out of your pores. See, this is what I want us to have the mindset of. We spend a good bit, the majority of our services on weekends, dealing with people's lives. I'm talking about the ones that come. Right now, during most of this message, how many understand our focus is on those who don't come? Those who are not here. Those who are not saved. Those who are lost. But typically, we're focusing on you. Why? Two reasons. One, because God loves you. Number two, because God loves somebody else. And sometimes people don't make that connection. And they think if we're talking about how to live your, how to live and get your body healed, and we're talking about how to prosper in your finances, and how to live a life of joy, and how to have success in life, people think, uh, you know, we're all just focused on our little needs and building our own lives up, and, and how has that reached the world? Well, in God's plan, it reaches the world incredibly. It misses the mark when we see it as an end. When we think, woohoo, I got healed, I got blessed, I, I'm full of life, and I got all this stuff, and my life is, this is the end of Christianity. No, it's not. You just become full of self. You just got fat in the pew. huh? You got some good stuff, and you think that's the end. That's not the end. That's to set you up to be. Amen. Then the doing comes out of that, but it starts with being. Remember, remember, Jesus called His disciples first to be with Him and then to go out and preach. Sometimes people want to skip that first step, just go out and preach. In other words, just go out and do the will of God. No, first you be with Him. 
Because that prepares and equips you to do the will of God effectively. If I try to do something and represent Him, again, go try to be salty. Go try to be light without first being that, I'm going to fall on my face. Amen. So are you saying it's not wrong for us to come into church and to seek God for ourselves? No, it's not wrong. It's vital that you be full. Full of the Word, full of life, full of purpose in your life. That you recognize and you seek God. What do you want me to do? What's your plan for me? See, we might think that, well, that's just selfish. No, it's necessary. When I'm in the right place, things work. If I'm, if I'm all out of line, I mean, my chain is falling off the gear. And I'm spinning away. I'm trying to ride my bike and just, this something's not working here. I've got to get something in line, something in order, and then I can now go somewhere with the Lord. But if I don't have everything working right, and don't take that to the extreme, I can't do anything until everything's perfect in my life. That's not what we're saying. But I should continually seek God concerning myself. Get myself in order. Get any hindrances off of me that keep the light from shining through. Praise the Lord. So we should come and be blessed, huh? Absolutely. Just don't think of that as the end. I mean, that's one of the reasons we, we've been having uh, believers meetings on Wednesday nights. We come to get saturated. We come to get in the presence of God, hear words from heaven, get direction, and get so full of God. Why? For ourselves? Yeah, but not to that end. I can do everything better when I'm full of the Word. I can do everything better when I live a Spirit-filled life. You mean everything? I mean everything. I mean whatever you do for a living, you do it better Spirit-filled. Are you listening to me? The Bible tells us in Colossians that we, that we should be, uh, what does it say? That, that the Word of Christ should dwell in us richly. Dwell in us richly. That means no small supply. What do you mean? But I think, I think somebody else needs the Word more than I do. There's no lack. There's no shortage. It's not like if I get enough, if I get so much then Jeremy has to do without. Actually, just the opposite is true. When I get so much, now I'm in a better position to help Jeremy get more. Amen. It's like the idea that some people have, well, when it comes to finances and prosperity, if one person prospers, that means someone else has to do without. That's not true. People don't realize the vast riches and resources of planet Earth that we live on. Do you know what's possible? for every single person on the planet to live in our economy as multimillionaires? Everyone on the planet. No one has to live in poverty. God made more than enough. Amen. And, and again, I, I represent the Lord better. My life is better. Everything, oh, everyone around me is better. When I come, and I say I come, it happens here and it happens in your walk with the Lord, I come to get things in order, to get my thinking right, to get full of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. You'll be a better spouse. You'll be a better parent. You'll be a better business person. You'll be a better post hole digger. 
(laughs) You'll be a better car washer. You'll be a better shopper. You'll be a better you'll be a better snowboarder. You're just better at everything. The more of the life of God working in you, the better you you are. You'll be a better friend. I'm telling you, you'll be a better usher. Be a better singer. Be a better whatever you do in serving the Lord. Whatever you do in life. It's just better. Praise the Lord. Why are you saying this so much? I guess I need to. Didn't plan to. Didn't know this would be this good. I'm telling you, focus. So focus on what? Focus on other people by focusing on yourself. That almost sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. Not when we see it right. I am a blessing to this world when I am living in the fullness of what God has provided. And I should let nothing hinder or keep me from that. And if I honestly and genuinely have caught the heart of God that He wants all people to be saved, then it does me well in that endeavor to continually come back and get filled up, get the Word, get full of life, make sure I'm happy and smiling every day, learn how to master my circumstances. Come on, learn how to live above the fray and above all the junk in this world. Yet sets you up to live a life as a representation of Him. Amen. Too many people, too many Christians now are being dominated by life. They're being squished down into the ground by the junk that's around us. And I tell you, it's got to stop. Say, I don't know how to change it. Well, I can't give you all of that right now, but I can tell you this. Make a determination. Decide. I am not going to live beat up. I am not going to live run over. I'm not going to live overcome by circumstances. Just decide. Come on. That step of faith gets you going. Things will change that from the very moment that you make a quality decision says, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Because you've just accessed now the resources of heaven. The wisdom of God is going to start flowing to you to show you how to do it. Yay, I tell you what, God wants this. He wants this so much in your life. He wants you to be lifted up. Praise God. Now go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. I didn't give you that. John 10.10 I like from the Amplified. It says that they, I've come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's the will of God for us. Amen. Getting, uh, getting fired up, filled up, shouting the victory. And it's all as a means to take someone else along for the ride. And uh, I remember a friend of mine uh, years ago had this car and, and the heater was broken. Oh, it was just terrible. And he'd want to give me a ride different places in the middle of winter. You know, you're already cold and the wind's blowing and you're freezing and you think, I'm going to jump in the car. And then you get in the car and it's just freezing. And it doesn't change. You've got to drive across town. And I didn't really like to ride with him. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I would just rather go, go with someone else. I think li- likewise, uh, you'll get a better following <laughs> when things are working in your life. Again, you, people just want to be around you more when things are working for you. Now, don't, don't anyone for a moment take this as condemnation and say, yeah, my life's in the pit. Well, I'm telling you, you're in a position, God specializes in impossible situations. 
And we're here for you. We're going to get that thing turned around. We're going to pour the Word into you, lay hands on you till you have no more hair, or whatever we need to do. I'm going to tell you what, God wants to change your life and make it so desirable that you have a following. As long as you're leading them in the right way. Amen. Sorry about the hair comment over there. <laughs> there is a great degree of power in good news. Again, like I said earlier, in the world, a negative report has a lot of power. You know what? In the church, it's a good report. In the kingdom of God, good news is what carries power to change. Good news is what turns situations around. And uh, we need to recognize what we have and use it. We are armed with a supernatural message. It's not all up to our own ability to convince and to persuade people. But this is one of the great scriptures along these lines, Romans 1.16. The, the Apostle Paul said here, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What does that mean? I'm not ashamed of the good news about Jesus. I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Why are you not ashamed of this good news? He said, For it is the power of God. What is the power of God? Good news is the power of God. The good news about Jesus is the power of God. Someone wants to ask you a question. What's this power you keep talking about? What's this power of God? It's just simply the good news about Jesus. That is what God has invested His power into. If I can get God's, the good news about Jesus in my mouth, I'm operating in God's power. That's what he said. He, 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 he went on to say, It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for first for the Jew and also for the Greek. And, and so God has rested all of His power in the gospel. Recognize this now. We want to minister and reach other people. Faith is a key to everything. I once had a message. I don't know if I taught this here or not. It was called the key to everything. Wouldn't you like that key? Opens every door. You know what that key is in the kingdom of God? It's faith. Faith is the key to everything. Now think about it. Faith is the key to winning another person with the gospel message. If I have a friend or a family member and I want to see them come to the Lord, I cannot act like, well, I, I need to have faith when I pray. I need to have faith if I need to be healed. I need to have faith for different things. But then we approach someone else to share the good news about Jesus with them and we do it Oftentimes thinking, they don't want to hear this. They're just closed. See, we've got to wipe that kind of verbiage out of our vocabulary. Stop saying, people are so hard. This is, people are so closed-minded these days. People just don't want to hear about God anymore. They don't want to hear about the Lord anymore. Listen, never, ever, ever talk that way. You're influencing your own heart so that when you go to do it, you're going to be operating in unbelief. And we ought not let those negative, unbelieving words come out of our mouth. We need to operate in faith. What is that? I believe exactly what Paul said about the gospel, that it is the power of God unto salvation. And so if I can get the power of God in my mouth speaking to someone else, my job is done. In this regard, the power is what's going to work on them. I can't convince them anyway. It's not up to my intelligence and my good looks and my, all my experience. It is up to the power of God to convince another person. What do I do? I just simply believe that. That if I say anything that's true about Jesus and what He's done, that power goes in those words. 
And it, it influences. It affects the heart and the mind of those people. Let's look at Isaiah 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 55 and verse 10. It says, For as the rain comes down, as the snow from heaven, and, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But what? It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. What does that? The Word of God. And what are we talking about? God's Word is the good news about Jesus. It's the Gospel. When I will speak it, the Lord Himself said, if you're speaking my Word, it's going to go out and it's going to produce something. It's going to work. It's going to be sent out to accomplish and it's going to do exactly what it was sent out to accomplish. See, how do I minister in faith? It's easy. I just simply rest in God's power, not in thinking, I've got to get this exactly right. I've got to persuade them. I have faith in His ability. Amen. A friend of mine who's, uh, who's a minister, uh, he, he always, when he, when he speaks, he starts off really quiet. He just kind of talks real quiet. And sometimes through the course of his teaching and message, he'll, you know, get stirred up and sometimes get loud and, and you know, be uh, exciting. And, and, and it seems like every time I've heard him speak, when he begins, he's always just real mellow. You know, and those who teach on, a, you know, presentation will know you've got you to capture him in the first minute, otherwise you lost him. Well, whatever, but... I'm not fully convinced of that, but, uh, but I asked him one time about that. I said, you always approach it this way. And he, he, he said, I, don't, I just don't want to do anything. I just don't want to do anything in the flesh. I just don't want to, I just don't want to act like it's something's there when it's just me where I'm just getting loud and that's all it is. And I thought, well, good. That's certainly working for him. Why? He, what is he doing? He's speaking in faith. Believing that that his message is going to contain power, and it is. Trust me, it's powerful. But his message will contain power, and that will change lives, as opposed to him just coming up, wham, and it's all just voice and that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. And you don't want to judge anyone's heart and motive if you see someone coming out screaming, <laughs> full gas on the pedal right from the beginning. But I'm telling you, there is a confidence that we can and should have in what God has said. And if I say what God says, there's power in that. And that's what's going to work. God said Himself, He said, it's not going to come back to me. It's going to accomplish something. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this word that we're speaking here tonight is having an effect in your heart? I'm telling you, if you, if you and I allow this to change us, guaranteed it'll change somebody else. That's how it works. The Lord changes us, and then we share that and changes somebody else. I remember hearing a story. Uh, a guy, he was, he was outside this restaurant, and he got, there was a, a gentleman coming out, and he decided to spark up a conversation with, with him, started, just started talking with him, started sharing 
the good news about Jesus with him. Started talking about salvation. And, uh, and the guy was just not wanting to hear it. He said, you know what, that's fine, that's good. He said, I'm fine with my life. I don't really want this. I don't really need this. And so, you know, he was just trying to get out of the conversation, didn't want to hear it anymore. And so the, the, the guy, the Christian there, uh, just said, okay, okay, okay. He said, um, he said, though, can I tell you one thing, though, just one thing, so, so that when you're, uh, when you're ready to get saved, you'll know what to do. And the guy said, well, I, I'm not ever, I don't want this ever. I'm not ever going to be ready to be saved. Uh, I don't need to hear this at all. He said, okay, okay, but, but, but when you are ready, let me just tell you, can I just tell you one thing so that you'll know what to do? And the guy again was like, no, I'm not ever going to need this. I'm not ever, I'm not going to want this a year from now. I, I don't need to hear this. He said, but, but just so that when you are ready, when you do want to receive so you'll know what to do. And he kept pushing him on that. And if I could, fine, okay, fine, go ahead and tell me. And so he told him Romans 10, 9, and 10 about how if you believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. And if you confess with your mouth uh, that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And there's like, ah, whatever, fine. And uh, what this person did, this Christian now, he ministered that in faith. He knew. He said, he just knew he had to get the message to him. He just had to get what God said about Jesus, that there was power in that. And so he left the guy alone. and, And he was there, I think, the next night. And this guy came back looking for him, hoping that he would be there. This guy who didn't want to have anything to do with this, didn't want to hear the message, he came back. He said, man, I haven't been able to sleep all night. He said, these words that you spoke, I can't get them out of my mind. He said, I need to get saved. You know, what a lot of times people would do is say, ah, man, that guy's just so hard-hearted, so closed-minded. He just won't listen. Won't, uh, I guess that was, you know, not, that didn't work today. Instead, the guy didn't take that approach. He said, good, I got the word in there. I got him to listen for five seconds as I gave him Romans 10, 9, and 10. The power of God went with that message. The word won't return void. He left his faith with that guy. See, this is the way we ought to approach it. Someone said, I've been, I've been sharing this with someone for, you know, on and off for a long, long time. Well, maybe do it in faith. What do I mean by that? Just do it believing that it's working in them even if they don't show any signs of wanting to be uh, to, to be a believer. You spoke the word, the word's at work. Amen. Be a good thing to do daily. You got those people that we were, we're praying for with you. Got those people on your list. If, if you've gotten to the point where you've shared the gospel with them, then you thank the Lord. I thank you your word is working in them. It will not return void, but it is accomplishing the thing in which you said it. It is prospering in their life right now and believe that something powerful is happening. This being the case, I cannot fail in sharing the gospel with someone. Do you know that? I'm successful every time. Every single time I share the good news about Jesus with somebody else, it works. Every time. Why? Because I believe it does. You're saying every time you shared, someone got saved right there on the spot? No, I wish I could say that, but no. But if the Word got out, if I told them what the Word said, then it worked. The power of God is working in them to this moment. Remember what uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 6. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And so I believe, even if someone doesn't respond positively to me on the moment, uh, maybe I'm planting a seed. Maybe I'm watering a seed. All I know is I'm not going to let that person off the hook 
by saying, oh, they're just, they didn't work. They were just closed. This is just so hard. I'm not, no one ever responds right. No, everyone responds. Everyone. The Word works in them. Word works in them night and day, night and day, night and day. Praise God. Amen. Amen. The Lord wants to help us to be effective by lifting us up and putting the right words in our mouth. So it's the one-two punch. I'm salt. I'm light. I'm the witness. I know that's three right there, but <laughs> and a kick. <laughs> and I speak the word in faith. I share the gospel of truth, believing when I speak God's word, <laughs> it always works. It goes to work on a person. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let me pray for you now. Father, thank you so much. Let's all just be real still here and let the Spirit of God do a tremendous work in our hearts. Father, we just thank you for what you're, what you're saying to us here, what you're doing in our hearts and lives. We believe that it's not only because you love us, but we believe that it's because you want others to be influenced by our victorious, full-of-life lives. Thank you for doing a work in us today. Thank you for setting our course in the right direction, for helping us to get things straight and to get things right. I believe that as we begin to be on the right path and to think right and to have our lives in line and in order, that the lives of others will be changed. And so, Lord, you're doing a special and powerful work in us today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, for those who are just down in the dumps, they got stuff going on that's totally not right and it's ungodly. Lord, I believe that you're leading them out today. I believe that you're leading them out into a life of victory, into a life that's full of your life. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for helping us. We give you all the glory and praise. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just say that out loud uh, tonight. Say it out loud. Thank you, Lord, for doing a good work in me, for changing my life, for leading me every day out of the junk into your abundance, into your perfect plan for me. Thank you for using me to represent you to a lost and dying world. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for those who have come tonight that have never been born again.